Good day, everyone. Happy Friday. This is Karsmanski Podcast. I'm your host, David Karsmanski, taking you to the last episode of the week of the lunch break car news. Basically, I'll be going over all the important news I found in the automotive market, and I'm excited to share about today. Uh, we're going to go through some rumors, through some new cars announcements, and into some official news. So with that in mind, let's get started. And in our first, let's start with rumors coming from North America. Well, the first one is a bit of a bittersweet one. Uh, when Chevy is thinking about expanding the Corvette lineup, uh, just like what Ford did with their Mustang nameplate, uh, Chevy is thinking about Corvette and if it will work as an electric crossover. The rumor is not particularly new, but now more information is resurfacing and some people saw the Corvette EV styled crossover in the recent GM announcement where it had the electric vehicles in the background. Later it was proven to be a Buick, so we don't know if actually a Corvette crossover was there. From my thinking, it's still early in the conversation. There, I don't think any physical prototypes available of it, but it's a decision that Chevy and GM have to make because it works, it's a good marketing plan. Perhaps it doesn't work as well with the diehard fans of the brand, but in terms of marketing dollars and the profits that it bring, it will actually work. So in the end of the day, decision is still in consideration. Uh, according to the rumor, there is not only one crossover that's coming, but a whole family of vehicles uh, that will be electric, that will use Corvette badging and styling. And again, when you think about the commercial success, it makes sense, but would Chevy sell its soul to devil? Remains to be unknown. Another semi-rumor, semi-official announcement coming from Ford. Uh, it's officially confirmed to Motor One that the new Ford F-150 Raptor will debut on February 3rd. What remains unknown is the engine that's powering it, as the debate's currently between the V6 and V8. And while the V6 has been the standard offering for the previous generation Raptor, now there is a competition in terms of Ram T-Rex, uh, which has a very beefy V8. So Ford is considering putting the V8 into that vehicle and a recent spy video has seen a pretty rumbling note that is supposed to be V8 but still not confirmed whether it is one or it's just a good exhaust system on it. Uh, in any case we should see power going a little bit further from the 450 horsepower as the Ram offers 700 horsepower. So uh, if it will either be a nice beefy V8 or a more charged V6. So we'll see uh, the final details on February 3rd when Ford will unveil the new Raptor in the new live stream. Next, let's take a short stop in Europe where there are some rumors about the new Fiat 500 electric from Abarth. If you recall, Abarth likes to make hot versions of Fiat vehicles and rumors suggest that 500 electric is next. Uh, at this point, it's not a question of when, uh, sorry, question of if, but it's a question of when, as the Fiat president himself already confirmed that a faster version of 500e is already in the works. No details are known at this point, but the current 500e is offering pretty okay 118 horsepower for such a small vehicle. Uh, 
complete with 162 pound-feet of torque. Obviously, it's an electric motor, so it's torquey. Uh, so maybe with the Abarth Edition, we'll see somewhere close to 150 horsepower, which will be a nice improvement. Uh, the question is whether the range will be better, because right now there's only 200 miles or 320 kilometers on a current uh, 500E, and with potential more power and more weight, uh, the range will be decreased, so that remains to be seen. And again, a question of when electric 500e Abarth is happening. And another small tiny car from Europe, Smart, has announced its plans for the range expansion. Now we've heard that there is an SUV being in the works uh, together with Geely. It will be a smaller crossover that won't be too big, but apparently there's a second utility vehicle that's going to come out of this partnership, which will be even bigger. It's a smart move for the smart brand as the demand shifting towards uh, slightly bigger crossovers and SUVs, especially in Europe and in North America. But for now, uh, the brand is saying that the cars won't be available in the United States for now, as smart will remain focused on the European and Chinese markets where the margins and demand are slightly higher. The brand representatives themselves are saying that the vehicle length alone is no longer a decisive factor for the smart brand and they want to radiate even more premium and not appear quite so playful. So that's the changing brand Im image as everything is moving towards premium SUVs these, uh, these days um, and might I point out electric premium SUVs. Next, let's move the rumor train to Asia with the first piece of news coming from Toyota specifically about their GR Corolla that is said to avoid the electrification push being this being the second Japanese manufacturer to do so. The first one was Honda with their new Type R that was said to be the last uh, non-electrified Type R for Honda and now GR Corolla is following the suit, uh, borrowing its uh, power unit from the smaller compact GR Yaris. And while the GR Corolla is yet to be confirmed and it's very unlikely to be launched before 2023, uh, that's the rumors that are coming from the insiders. This move would make sense for Toyota because it developed a bespoke chassis and powertrain for the GR Yaris and that would help make its return on investment on the 1.6 liter three-cylinder turbo and that would mean that the car will have 250 plus horsepower. The question of course becomes the price point as the GR Yaris is starting in the UK uh, for 33,000 pounds which is around 40, 45,000 US. So that will be a little bit pricey and uh, makes a question of who Corolla will compete with. One of the options is the newest Golf R that's starting a little bit over 40,000 in the US and another vehicle probably will be the Ford Focus ST which is of course a little bit less. So that remains to be seen and while the official numbers are not yet known we'll probably get more details sometime in 2022. And while electrification is avoided by some Asian manufacturers, they're still moving forward with discontinuing the diesel engines. The first one of the manufacturers is Japanese Mazda that's discontinuing the diesel CX-5 using the Skyactiv D engine in the North American market. It will still continue with the diesel engine in other markets, but that's probably not going to last very long. And another manufacturer stopping all the development of diesel engines is Hyundai. All the next generation engines will be stopped in their development, 
but the current diesels might be updated in a few years to come to be more diesel efficient and uh, offering less emissions. So with Europe discontinuing many diesels and with Volkswagen really pushing towards electrification to get out of its messy reputation, looks like diesel engine is not gonna last us super long. And that concludes the rumor section. Now let's go back to North America with some news about the new cars in development. First one is Hyperion XP1, the hydrogen hypercar uh, that visited Las Vegas recently. It of course made a virtual appearance at the Consumers Electronics Show of 2021, but it also decided to be more visible with a real world appearance. Hyperion released some images of XP1 uh, going around the city, specifically around the fountains of Bellagio Hotel, and it also made a trip to Nevada Desert, maybe to test some performance credentials. And that will be the only development uh, for the news of Hyperion that was announced last year and is expected to go into production sometime next year, promising some insane statistics like 2.2 second sprint to zero miles per hour and a top speed above 220 miles per hour, which is about 350 kilometers per hour. The theoretical range was also promised to be above a thousand miles um, and the price will be seen because looks like it will be quite an expensive and limited affair. And next up, another short stop in Europe where Mercedes has teased its newest EQA electric crossover that is due to debut in January 20th, so next week. Mercedes gave, gave us a glimpse of the cabin, which is a pretty standard Mercedes interior resembling that of GLA. And GLA will be the base platform for the EQA. Mercedes dropped some specs at well, as well. The EQA 250, the starting base model, will make 188 horsepower. And there'll be versions making 268 horsepower. And there will be an all-wheel drive version. Not sure if the 268 horsepower and all-wheel drive will be together. But a Mercedes for now says they're separate. No range is available yet. It's expected to be above 250 miles or 400 kilometers and the pricing is not yet announced. While EQA is coming shortly on January 20th, the EQB should debut sometime later, perhaps in the second half of 2021. Another exciting model we're waiting for is of course the new EQS that's also supposed to debut sometime in the summer. With the new cars done in Europe for today, we're moving back to Asia, where Asian companies actually have been dominating today's news episode. The first one I want to talk about is the Kia that will reveal its first dedicated electric vehicle sometime next month. The car is built on the same platform as the Hyundai Ioniq 5. And while we don't get the name yet, uh, the specs should be pretty similar, offering up to 310 miles off range. And that's all about it for now. He has also said that next month there will be a presentation on where the brand will be moving forward and they're changing the name to, well, just shortening it. They're going from Kia Motors to simply Kia. So we'll see all about that sometime in February. Another new model announcement is coming from Nissan about its newest Qashqai or the European Rogue Sport Brother. It will be coming in the spring and there are some new details available. 
most notably, Qashqai will be the first Nissan model in Europe to get e-power system. What it means, it uses a 1.5 liter gas engine that works as a generator. So the vehicle will be battery electric, but will be supplied with a range extender uh, from the 1.5 liter gas engine. The electric motor will be very similar to the one found in the fully electric Leaf and should give somewhat around 190 horsepower. And we know that because the e-power unit is already using it being used in Japan uh, with Note and Serena, uh, vehicles from the Japanese market, but that apparently will not be the only option for Qashqai. There'll be a mild hybrid 1.3 liter gas engine uh, making in two variations in 140 horsepower and the other 158 horsepower. Good uh, news is that there will be a choice between a six-speed manual and a CVT transmission. If you can drive a manual, I would highly recommend a manual over a CVT. Another pretty interesting concept unveiled by Nissan is the Nissan Office Pod that is based on an NV350 van. The office pod concept is bringing a new meaning to the mobile office term and it's a pretty neat workstation. Uh, you're able to choose from working inside or outside in the fresh air and there's even a balcony lounge on top. But don't get your hopes too high up, it's only a concept and is not likely to happen anytime soon and if anything looks to be available in Japan only for now as it was unveiled in a 2021 Tokyo Auto Salon. Other than that, it's a pretty neat concept and a good, interesting take on the mobile office concept. But Nissan wasn't the only automaker from Japan that unveiled interesting concepts. There are two new interesting concepts from Honda as well. We've already seen the N1 Mobile Cafe and an off-road ready fit hatchback. Now there is an N1 K climb concept, which is made to tackle all sorts of hill climbs. It's based on the sporty N1 RS, uh, produces a mighty 63 horsepower and 77 pound-feet of torque paired with a 0.6 liter engine and has a six-speed manual transmission. So the insides are pretty much same and what's different is what's under that. Uh, first up, Honda extended the wheelbase slightly and fitted bigger and stickier tires, obviously for hill climbs. And Honda also threw some carbon fiber. There are carbon fiber fender flares, uh, there is the carbon fiber hood, carbon fiber front bumper, grille, and rear splitter. Obviously all to reduce weight from already light model. While the weight is not featured, the regular model features 2,000 pounds or 900 kilos of weight. And that's not the only model that Honda unveiled. Another pretty interesting one was the Honda E-Drag, which is a cute, lightweight, all-electric drag racer. Yes, Honda is to in, into all sorts of racing these days. It's based on a lighter Honda E, uh, which features the carbon fiber reinforced polymer, obviously to save weight. It paired the car with 17-inch uh, Honda slicks from the NSX, and it will feature an upgraded suspension to get better with those zero to 60 times. No changes were announced to the powertrain, but the current road going version tops at 154 horsepower. And again, that is only a concept, so it's not sure if we'll see the Honda e-drag anytime soon. And while all that is going on, all of the three World Endurance Championship Le Mans racers have been revealed. One of the latest one was the Toyota 
GR010 hybrid racer, which is expected to be a class leader. So let's go into the details about the Toyota's racer. Um, while the regulations require the car to have a constant output of 680 horsepower, that will be comprised of the 680 horsepower twin turbo 3.5 liter V6 and a 270 horsepower electric motor. While the total figure is more than 680, uh, the rule is to get the engines to run at the same time producing top output of 680. So that's why it has to be a little bit overpowered for that task. Overall Toyota produced a pretty smart car with interesting technology and great aerodynamics and is expected to take the crown of the championship in 2021. The regulations also require Toyota to produce a road-going version and the details of that are yet to be received. Another car that was revealed recently is from Baikolis Racing and that car took a little bit of a different approach. Instead of using the turbos, it just put a naturally aspirated V8 and a hybrid uh, to make a total of around 1000 horsepower. While the V8 is rated at 700 horsepower, meaning the electric motor will be around 300 horsepower. Michael's car is planned to be 1000 kilos, maintaining a ratio of 1 to 1 between the power and weight. And of course, the road car will be coming from Baikolis as well. And with that, the new models are done, but we still have to talk about the official announcements. The first one is pretty interesting, coming from Aston Martin. Its recent Vantage has been criticized for its interesting design on the grille, and there were some aftermarket companies that uh, could swap it for you to a more a smaller looking one and now Aston Martin themselves are offering the vein grille conversions. So this is the first time that Aston is doing a factory swap and uh, from Aston's words it was the decision was made because there was some feedback from customers in some markets saying they preferred a softer more refined or more traditional front end choice that resembles what one might find in a DB11. Aston confirmed that it can be done at any Aston dealerships, even in the US. Next up, while still in Europe, let's talk a little bit about Peugeot as it plans its range expansion. Peugeot will be expanding its model range with all new body styles in the coming years and every model will get a hot version. For now, the two models that are known is the 508 Peugeot Sport Engineered and a brand new 308 coming sometime in March. The other models are still to be known. Next up, pretty interesting news about European brands uh, vehicle subscription programs that are being discontinued. The first one is BMW that launched its subscription program, a temporary one in Tennessee in April 2018 and offered some entry-level plans and some performance plans and both were not really successful and that's why after almost a three year run, BMW is shutting them down. And the second one is the Audi Select subscription program, also launched in the US in five stores, but never got any popularity. Another uh, brand that discontinued it long before is the Mercedes 
giving us an interesting insight into how it's not really working. While other brands like Volvo and Porsche still offer their subscription models, it's nevertheless an interesting choice. And one good solution to this I found from the dealerships themselves, uh, that being a big dealer group, is offering a subscription program that is not tied to any automaker. So realistically, in one month you can get a BMW, in the next month you can get Audi, Acura, whatever. And I think that plan will work a little bit better, but will need better negotiation with the manufacturers themselves. And lastly, the topic I'm very passionate about, car colors. I'm a big fan of colorful ones, and for people that don't want to go with a red or yellow or striking green color, um, I still support the choice of blue, but one I often criticize is black, white and grey as the most boring colors out there. And interestingly, demand is probably driven by dealerships themselves because they are ordering uh, vehicles in those colors predominantly and if you want a, a vehicle let's say with a yellow color you have to order it from a factory and wait for two to three months. I personally wouldn't mind waiting for that long to get a car I really want but some people are impatient and I understand that. So there's new data from UK uh, that suggests the color popularity for 2020 vehicles. And unsurprisingly Gray was the first color that people chose. Almost a quarter of the car cars were painted gray. The second was black, again, not surprisingly, with 20% of new cars. And third was, of course, white with 17%. And as for the colorful cars, the first one was blue, then red, silver, orange, green, yellow, and bronze. Bronze is pretty interesting, it's pretty close to grey, but people are not really fond of it. The biggest shift was in red cars, where only 150,000 were sold compared to more than 200,000 every year since 1997, while yellow increased its market by 50. You go yellow. And that's all I have for you guys today. Uh, this is the last episode of the week, so tune back in on Monday where we we'll again will go over the news that happened on the weekend and sometime on Monday, so I'm sure there'll be plenty to pack there. As always, I thank you for your listen and I always encourage feedback. If you want to reach out to me, uh, my social channels are always available on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and all others. I'm Karzmanski everywhere, so feel free to let me know what you think. Thank you one more time. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you.